Um, guys, I have to tell you something. Okay. What? Oh no. I am going to cry. <laughs> we did sell our house. Oh, buddy. Everybody, everybody, it's a new week. Feels kind of the same as last week in many ways. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> President still is not conceded. They're still trying to steal some votes. Oh my Georgia. lord! I mean, it's a mess. <laughs> it's like I don't even feel like their heart is truly in it. I feel like they're I just, agree. you know, they're just like going through the motions to be like, look, I tried to steal votes for you. It didn't work out. I'm sorry. I know. It's very, I don't know. At this point, I'm like, can we just get on with it? Six, Let's just get on with that. Goodbye. 60 something days. I We're can't so wait. Close. We're so We're close. We're so close. I'm scared about the pandemic coming back. I don't know if you guys are having some, uh, I mean, feelings about ever, that. Did it ever leave? Yeah. <laughs> no, but it did the the dip that we all discussed that we knew yeah. it was going to do. And the dip gave people a false sense of security. And also and, hearing these tales, various tales from people in places where they're like patients coming in, dying of COVID, being put on ventilators that are like screaming at them that it's not a real it's thing. It's not real. Right. Yeah. Right. That nurse. <sighs> That's really why. That's wild. Uh, I'm sorry to start the show on such a bummer. Well, you know what? We didn't even say what the show is. What is this show, Casey (laughs) St. On? This show is called Busy Phillips is doing her best. And you are hearing Busy Phillips eat soup. (laughs) (laughs) I'm eating my meatball minestrone soup. (laughs) Chantira, that that laugh you hear, that adorable laugh, is one Chantira Jackson. I wish mm-hmm. I had some soup. What would be honestly? The, what would be the worst thing you? I mean, eating anything on the podcast is insane. You hate. I mean, but I've eaten so much on this podcast. I what would like, be the worst thing you could eat on the podcast? I think burritos. <laughs> Ugh. Because you know it sounds bad and it's going to be hard to control. So like, it's I like think, burritos or tacos. I was going to say I actually think that my salads are the grossest. <laughs> Because they're so crunchy and I like shove so much lettuce in my mouth and I try to like, it's just not good. <laughs> you guys, if I, listen, if you are a fan of listening to Busy Eat Salad or Soup, let us know. And like, maybe we can make like a, just a loop of it and put it like on. Like an ASMR. Is it an ASMR? Yeah. Just it's people, just, it's like, people are into that. We'll I don't like Spotify. ASMR. It really... It, it it doesn't you know it either like makes you horny for it or it like you hate it. I hate it. I think it it gives me the heebie-jeebies. You know I have that thing. Uh, Casey you, knows what it's called. You What's to it called? The sound? No, it's called like Sinister. Auditory. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Oh oh um yeah. yeah what is it? Misophonia. What? I have misophonia. Yeah. I have What's misophonia. That? Misophonia is where like certain sounds and it and it also is like. I mean, not a joke. I've I've really tracked it. It's dependent to my menstrual cycle as well. Oh, like sure. It's like tied to my menstrual cycle, and uh, and like all kinds of things. You know, like like any mental thing. But where I can't, I have a hard time separating out 
the sounds in terms of importance. So sometimes like it'll sound to me like Mark is eating like inside my head Mm -hmm. and I can't. And then if somebody's talking, it's like the same volume as the eating. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. So I get this. It's, it's not all, it's not always, but when it happens, it gets, it, it feels like somebody's scratching nails on a chalkboard from the inside out. Yes. Is what it feels like to me, like in my brain. That's intense. Oh, it is so fucking intense. And when it happens too, I like, I get like real twitchy and weird and Birdie has it too, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also like that too about eating like my husband, but here's the thing. My husband is so lovely that he just knows and he doesn't take it personally. And so as soon as he like sits down with a plate of anything, if I'm at the table, he'll just click on music or whatever, (sighs) Mm -hmm. because it's just, that helps. Like that helps. Mm -hmm. um, It does help. Diffuse. Mm -hmm. Diffuse the noise. But he Mm -hmm. knows that like it's just disgusting and that I am dying inside. You can can see it on my face when I'm going through it. Like I have no, you know, I have no poker face anyway. But when I'm in one of my sort of spaces in my brain where it's really crunchy, I get like, I like one eye kind of like starts to close a little bit and just like trying so hard not to focus on it, but it's all I can fucking hear. Sometimes Thanksgiving is the worst time for me of all time. I can imagine. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why Thanksgiving can be bad. 12 people just shoving wet stuffing in their mouth. Is it, do you call it stuffing or you call it dressing? I call it stuffing. Same, same. You call it dressing? My grandmother makes dressing, which I think is a different thing. I don't like either of it because I think it all seems like somebody chewed bread, spit it out, and then put it on a plate. So I, I like don't it really like, crunchy, though. I don't like either of it. I don't like wet bread in any context. So I'm not a fan. But I'm, are you tomato, tomato, dressing or stuffing? Let us know. It's like a very, it's a, like a very buttery um, bread casserole. Toast. I love a toast I casserole. I do love stuffing I love too. It. I'm really sad about Thanksgiving, about like not not just not seeing my family this year, but also um, we used to throw a really big Thanksgiving, like an orphan's Thanksgiving with like 50 people. Mm-hmm. And so just to have three people having like a teeny Thanksgiving feels so sad to me. Last year, I went to the biggest, blackest, most Jamaican fucking Thanksgiving. It was like 50 people and like 40 of them were Jamaican and uh, they've all made like homemade fucking like jerk chicken. It was the coolest and I will be in my house Jamaican <laughs> free <laughs> this year. So that sounds really nice. Yeah, we just ordered um like a little turkey breast uh, yeah. that will be delivered. Yeah. That we're going to cook. Because you don't need a whole lot. You don't need a Well, no, it's, yeah. just, it's just that little, just like a little turkey breast yeah. and... Um, I do like stuffing, but my girls don't like Thanksgiving food. There you go. I mean, so it's- I, I think the staples for me that I'm going to miss is that like my grandma always makes me a cake, but I guess I can make my own cake, boo. And then, <laughs> uh, like I, I can, I know how to make all that stuff. Like when I was, I feel like a lot of people, when they get older, you start, like when you go home, you'll be like, will you show me how to make this? Like, 
it feels like, oh, you're getting older. Like, you're not going to be able to make me macaroni and cheese till I'm 50, which is like sad. But I went uh, in the last few times I've gone home. I've been really adamant about like cooking with my grandmother and like having her show me how to make stuff. So uh, this Thanksgiving, I don't feel too bad about um, cooking because most of the shit I want to make, I already you know. I know how to do it now. You know. Yeah. But I can, it is nice to wake up and have someone else be cooking. <laughs> I can give you my best Thanksgiving recipe right here. It what is it? Is you take one can of whole berry cranberry sauce. You take one can of crushed pineapple. Drain the crushed pineapple. Save the juice for a cocktail. Stir the two cans together, and it's way better than any cranberry sauce you have ever had. I believe it. It's just like sweet deliciousness. Yeah, it's just I'm into it. It's I so love much better. Sauce. You can put a little cinnamon or like a little pinch of cloves in there if you like. You can uh, grate some citrus rind on it if you want, but it's perfect. I feel like a citrus rind, like even if you zest it or yeah. if you do like that cool thing with the knife where it turns into a, a curly. Little curly thing. If you do that to just about anything, people will be impressed. <laughs> If you just be like, and I put lemon zest on it, people be like, oh, okay, yes. So you, you, had me, you definitely had me at a zest. Do it for yourself. You deserve, even though you're going to be home alone on Thanksgiving, you deserve zest. Oh, you deserve you. zest. She deserve the zest. What are you doing your best at this week? What am I doing my best at this week? I am uh, working out. <laughs> I'm working out. I'm getting up and I'm like jogging and stretching because uh, this whole year has been really about like, you know, like reclaiming my body. Yeah. And um, I just feel better now. I feel like I, I got a second wind after the election where I felt like working out. Now I'm like, well, I feel like living. Let me jog. So I have been working out and it's been uh, terrible, but also good. The first couple of weeks are always bad and then you get into it. That's I mean, good. you know, you know, my feeling, I, I feel like it's like integral to my mental health and well-being. Yes. The, the working around. Out, yes. Working I feel around. better. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> I've I do. done something. Yeah. 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 Um, so I'm glad I do feel like in retrospect, while we can all agree that on the whole 2020 was a fucking dumpster fire of trash. Absolutely, absolutely. I think we should all be able to take something away from it for ourselves personally, maybe. And Shintira, I really just see this recurrent theme for you, which is like taking control of your health and well-being. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm proud of you. Thank you. You're that means a lot. Thank you. Casey, what about you? What are you your best at this week? So like I took this short-term job. So I, and it's really, it's just a lot of work. It's a lot of work all at once. And I'm trying to have a super good attitude about it. Um, but it's, you know, it's hard just because it's really hectic. And I'm just trying to focus on what I can control. But there is one thing that I can't control that I wanted to talk to you guys about and see if it ever happened to you. I... My left armpit will not stop smelling. <laughs> like it, it's so weird. Let me just run this down for you. And I know busy, busy has no body odor whatsoever. My husband also <laughs> no body odor whatsoever. I do. Well, sometimes I'm stinky. So let me, okay. let me see what's so up. So <laughs> I do, I have like normal armpits and like I use antiperspirant deodorant. And so, 
I obviously have continued doing that. But for some reason, my left armpit like is just immune to antiperspirant and deodorant right now. What the hell is that? I've been trying everything to cure it. I've I don't, I'm at a loss. And my husband says that one of his armpits has been stinking more than the other. Okay, wait. Have you been eating anything different? Not really. Or vitamins, taking vitamins? No, same stuff. <laughs> same stuff. Okay. I don't know. Because sometimes I, different is, vitamins make you smell weird. This is so funny. <laughs> Left, but it has to be your left. It's your left it's armpit. It's always my left armpit smells more. And I've even like, I've gone to the trouble of like really carefully applying. Cause you know, you just put like antiperspirant on like in a rush in the morning, but I'm like, let me make sure I do several wide, slow strokes so that my left armpit doesn't smell like. I'm, I'm wondering a few things. Number one if you need to do a vinegar wash in your laundry of all of your shirts. Okay. Um, Colt, guys, if you don't know this, this is a secret from a person who's worked out a lot for five years. You Vinegar weirdly gets smell out. It gets like the oil of like BO out of clothes. All right. Just like regular white vinegar? like a, White like a vinegar. Because okay. you, you know somebody's going to go home and try to throw some apple cider in their clothes. <laughs> right. I, I was going to say, I actually have used apple cider in a pinch. Yeah. But white, vin, white vinegar is like the go-to the, for cleaning. The gold standard. Yeah. It's good yeah. for um, cleaning just in general. Like yeah. If you want to really do yeah. like a deep clean of your actual I will house. try that. I might yeah. just deep clean my armpit with white vinegar. I don't know. <laughs> I just. What think- about a witch hazel? Have you been using witch hazel on your armpit oh, yet? I do use witch hazel on my face sometimes, but I haven't right. put that on my armpit. But it's also like just FYI, just to clarify, it's not like a normal amount of BO smell. It's like super, <laughs> super BO. And I'm not here for it because I like to smell nice. I do that not know weird. what's going on. It does seem weird. I'm so sorry. It made me laugh so hard. But just thinking about what armpit smelling is I'm trying to figure out a way you can socially distance smell my armpit. Come to my driveway and oh smell my, my armpit. Um, but like, I feel, are you sure it it's hormonal? just the one? It yeah. might be hormonal. I mean, like we've gone through a lot. I think that like, how, how long has it been stinky? Because I think that our bodies are also changing because we've yeah. been holding on to so much like mm-hmm. sadness, Maybe. toxicity about the whole world. Yeah. And I think your body might like, that might be like the last four years are, I hate to use this word, but have been pretty unprecedented when it comes to like, our emotional well-being and maybe your armpit is where you release like fucked up shit yeah that's and like all been, my sadness and trauma yeah is all leaving. your sadness comes out of there also like it not to be hippy dippy not to be hippy dippy but like the left side of your body is like correlates to like the maternal side of your body that's right. like your mom's and your right side it is correlates to like your paternal so like if you've like healed something or like uh, uh, done something related to anything on the maternal side of your family, maybe that might have something to do with it. Okay. These are all good thoughts. I'm going to... After I laughed so hard. <laughs> my, fi- my final thought about it is, do you sleep on your left side? I toss and turn all night. I'm like, sleep on my stomach, sleep on both sides, sleep on my back. Okay. So. I too am a rotisserie. I rotate all night. <laughs> so, yeah. So, okay. I'm going to look into all of this. I'll let you know what happens. It's really weird. The only time I've ever had anything like this is um, after I gave birth to my children. I did have like a little industrial strength BO in my armpits for a little while and it was hormonal, but it was both armpits. So this is the weird thing that it's just like one armpit. And yes, I check every time I'm like, woo, that armpit stinks. And then I smell the other one and that one's fine. 
It's so weird. That's so weird. I wonder what it means. I don't know. Well, if anybody knows, if anybody's like an endocrinologist out there and they're like, oh, yeah, that's a very common left arm. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. If you like really know, know, but like if you don't know, don't be weird. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be weird to us if you don't actually know. (laughs) That's, you know, that's just what I've been like when I have a spare minute during this time of working to think about anything that has to do with something that's not work. I've just been thinking about my armpit a little bit. Oh my God. That's wild. <laughs> you guys, last night, Birdie came into Cricket's bed to like, and I like said the girls, we could all watch a vid together, you know, mm-hmm. before bed. Yeah. And then she left and I was like, like snuggling in with Cricket and she's got those like big, squishy, fluffy, like they're like pillows, but they're shaped like weird stuffed animals, yeah, like kawaii yeah. stuffed animals. And I was like, what smells weird? And I smelled the top of her favorite guy and it smelled like Birdie's BO. <gasps> it smelled like her armpit. Cause Birdie's like a, yeah. like a, te- like a preteen like teenager. Yeah. And I was like, oh no. And then Cricket was like, what is that? And, then <laughs> and she looked at me and she goes, Birdie. <laughs> and she was like, She's like, I swear to God. No, wait. She goes, that's why I didn't want her in my bed. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. No. So it's like, hard. also just, I feel like it's just going around. It's just I the feel times. like it's just, it's I will, the time. I will all not stressed. snuggle any of Cricket's stuffed animals. <laughs> you do not. She was like, she was like, before she went to bed last night, she was like, let's, I said, we can flip it over. It'll be okay. You can flip it over. And she's like, right. But when I'm at school tomorrow, can you please wash it? I was like, yes, <laughs> I think it'll go away. I need to get some Febreze up in here. Yeah. Now I understand all those commercials with the moms, with the teenagers. <laughs> I know they're stinky. I, um, I mean, if, especially if she like wanted to do any sports, like my basketball gear and my softball gear. Shantira, I'm sorry. I'm going to just have to stop. If she wants to do any sports, you just said about Birdie Silverstein. Hey, listen. That is. Who she knows? Might. She might go to a sporting event and get sweaty. I don't know. Basketball yeah, sweaty for everyone. She gets sweaty when she's learning her One Direction and Harry Styles dances. TikTok. Oh, my God. Anyway, Harry Styles. She's obsessed. She's obsessed. She's making me watch a lot of Harry Styles videos. And I got to say, I'm kind of obsessed now, too. Yeah, I really do love him. He's he's worthy of obsessing. We've over. talked to, yeah, about him he's a lot. Just like he's, a cute little buddy. Yeah, he's, he's definitely he's doing his best, and he's leading a conversation. He is. This- I like the conversation so much. I'm glad that it's like being had, and I'm just fucking sick of these fucking haters. I the, can't. The conversation being Harry Styles appeared in a dress on the cover of Vogue magazine. Vogue magazine, and uh, it caused a lot of people to like lose their shit. And Birdie marched in and was like, "Do you know who Candace Owens is?" And oh, I was like, that she's yes, the worst, and I, black people don't like her. <laughs> I said to Birdie that she was the worst. I did not say that black people don't like her, but you can't um, say it, but I can. We I know, I know. Like that's her. what I'm saying. You can. I, we I, I don't was gonna like say, her. <laughs> please feel free to text Birdie with that later. Yeah, yeah she was real, real heated about something Candace she, Owens yeah. about, about. You know, her, yeah. like where, where are the men? Manly men and like we can't have men wearing dresses and whatever and like it, what's not masculine about Harry Styles like first of all masculine's like a false construct right and mm-hmm. you know and asking where masculine men have gone I mean you guys know I love Prince 
that man was wearing makeup and heels and lace back in the 70s in the yeah. in the early 80s you know so i mean and he he could steal anyone's girl correct yes truly truly i just and, feel like and probably did <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it's all a construct in so many ways. And it's also what she's talking about is actually like upholding the patriarchy. That's yes. what she's talking yeah. about. Yes. And so, it's just so fucked for so many. Anyway, I don't care. I don't care about her. I don't no, care about her. We, I we love don't have Harry to talk Styles. about her. But Harry Styles looks great in the dress. I he love him. Great on the Vogue cover. Uh, and it's a good conversation to have because fluidity is like, I think, the future. And if like... A hot, sexy, white boy does it. People will accept it more. You remember, like, there was, like, a time when Brad Pitt was always in, like, a mini dress posing for some editorial. I mean, Kurt Cobain. It's, like, the classic thing of, like, kind of woke dudes who want to try to be a part of dismantling the patriarchy is they're like, I feel good in a dress. I yeah. like wearing a short yeah. skirt. Jaden did it too. Jaden of did. Of course uh, Jaden did. I mean, mm-hmm. Jaden just wears whatever Jayden. he wants. A Batman. Jayden's not a Batman outfit <laughs> to a wedding. Whatever. <laughs> He'll just wear whatever. And I love it because it goes back to like, if you tell a man that his wearing a dress is somehow damaging and, and, detrimental why why is it what are you saying about wearing a dress we have to get past that i always just think that the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing women that equality meant acting like men in the workplace and in society yeah when in actuality the thing that's going to be progressive actually do something for our world would be that if if we allowed all of ourselves to like lean into the thing that inherently makes us us and then we allowed one another to like learn and become better from it as opposed to trying to squash it in the out of the other person gender sex ethnicity race whatever the fuck it's just wild to be. me <laughs> it's wild Oh, guys, guys, here we are. I had to, I had to eat again while we were doing this podcast. And you know what? I'm pretty sure that I have a little bit of oregano in these bottom snaggle teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and I have wanted to straighten these teeth for so long, but I've been putting it off because I thought it was too much hassle. Well, I'm done putting it off because Candid is going to straighten my teeth. They make it easier simpler, more comfortable than ever. Simpler and easier are probably the same, like very similar words, almost (laughs) similes, if you will, possibly. Also the two most beautiful words in the English language. Simpler, simpler and easier. Well, anyway, whatever. They're more comfortable. Candid clear aligners are comfortable. You can remove them. They're practically invisible. Uh, You can transform your smile without anyone noticing. And your treatment is prescribed and monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who's an expert in tooth movement. And the thing I like is that you always get the same orthodontist. So you always know. I love it. And they, Candid only works with orthodontists. So it's it's not a general dentist like other companies. Listen, guys, start straightening your teeth today. You don't want to get any snaggle teeth, spinach stuck in them. 
Right now, all of our listeners can save $75 on Candid's starter kit. Go to candidco.com slash best and use code best. That's candidco.com slash best, code best. Take advantage of this limited time offer to save $75 on your starter kit. Candidco.com slash best, code best best. Listen, guys, the election's over and yet you still can't sleep. What's that about? I know. It's because you need a mattress. You need a new mattress. You're sleeping on a bad mattress. I actually have been having a real rough time because this place came partially furnished. So the mattress in this bedroom, in our, like the, in the your rental primary, bedroom, the rental primary bedroom, I did not, I, it just was here. So I was like, ah, oh, it's fine. I'll, they're like, it's a new mattress. I'm like, okay, fine. I, it's, I can't, we can't, we've got to get a helix. So here's what you do. You take a little quiz. It's two minutes. It's it. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress Everyone's unique and Helix knows that. So they have several different mattresses, models to choose from. They're soft, medium, firm. Mattress is great for cooling you down Ugh. if you need if you sleep hot. Are you a hot sleeper? Yes. I'm not a hot sleeper. I'm a cold sleeper, weirdly. Interesting. My butt is always cold. <laughs> Michelle gave me that, Michelle gave me that like fancy crystal heating pad yeah. thing. That'll help. You know? That'll help. But yeah, I'm it always, does warm my butt up. I'm always hot in bed. I'm always hot out of bed, but I'm cold in bed. <laughs> and I hope that's not a metaphor for something too. <laughs> that's... Anyway, oh, they also have a Helix Plus mattress for plus-sized people. Um, I loved the little quiz and got matched with the mattress. And now it's here. And I like, I guess I like firm mattresses. I, you know, I... It's really like helped my body. Yeah, you just have to be gentle on your body. We're very yes. rough on our bodies. That's right. So Epsom salt baths and get yourself a Helix mattress. Those are my two suggestions for you. If you're looking for a mattress in the market, take the quiz, order the mattress that you're matched to. The mattress comes right to your door shipped for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Helix is awesome. Uh, but you don't need to take our word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by both GQ and Wired Magazine. And Wired Magazine is the one that I always go to for like, what am I getting? They're not messing around. You know I mean? Yeah. They're not messing around. I always go to Wired Magazine. That is a true story. Um, anyway, so if you want to get a new mattress and start feeling your best in the morning, go to helixsleep.com slash best. Take the little two minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress. It'll give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10 year warranty. You get to try it out for a hundred nights risk free and they'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. But that's not going to happen because you will, you will love, love it. it. So Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattresses and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash best. That's helixsleep.com slash best. Um, guys, I have to tell you something. Okay. What? Oh, no. I am going to cry. <laughs> we did sell our house. 
Oh, buddy. I know. It's really the right thing to do. It really is. I really feel like it is. And I also feel like like if 2020 was about Shantira getting healthy or focusing or on advocating for yourself, for me, I think it was about not remaining stagnant and not yeah and 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 allowing the truth of a thing to be to come to light you know which is that I always talk about like I love love our house you know we were it was the only house that Mark and I have had together and had both of our kids there and been there for 14 years and and we've tried so hard for so many years to make it like exactly perfect. And we've done a really good job at it. It is exactly perfect in so many ways. But the bottom line is that I never, for a lot of reasons that I don't really want to get into right now, like I never felt safe there. And I never felt comfortable, really comfortable there. And I feel like that's also, you know, we could say that that could apply to other parts of my life, right? Yeah. That I probably need to examine as well. But so I just feel like, but also, but also it, it doesn't have to, the house and selling the house doesn't have to mean, it can also just be we're selling this house. It doesn't have to like, be a metaphor for everything in my life. Do you know what I yeah. mean? But yeah. I everything do know. that's in the house still gets to be with you. Everything. Well, all they the wanted some stuff. <laughs> they wanted some stuff. Well, they I mean, do wanted some stuff. I was like, yeah, I mean, I built this really beautiful. Yeah. No, I mean, no, of course. And like stuff is stuff. Like I'm, I am a person who keeps stuff and collects stuff, but like the, did you guys ever read the memory palace? That book about the competition award-winning memory. It's like one of the competitions is to remember every card in a 52-pack deck deck of cards like that have been shuffled up. Yeah. Like you get to see them for like a second and then remembering every single one. And so you build this house, but you you put it like in your house, like the house you know best, right? So like you walk like the front door and then, you know, and like that's the ace of spades and then and you go through the whole thing. And like, that's how, that's one trick, like one way that these people remember the deck of cards, right? I just feel like I, it is my memory palace, you know, it's just not cards, right? And like, I have a, I do have a crazy memory. Everybody, I guess the people came, it's not, I guess, I know the people came back to see the house and Ray was there while they were there. And hopefully not partying. (laughs) Such a vibe. No, he knew they were coming. And, uh, and I guess somebody said to him, like, there's so much storage here and they, they have so much, they have so much stuff. How does she like, how how do you organize it for her? How does she tell you what she needs? Like in New York, if she needs something, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, 
Busy has the craziest memory. She knows exactly where everything is. And she will call me and say like, go upstairs into the like guest bedroom and the third drawer down in the cabinet by the thing. Like there's going to be a piece of paper under that is the thing, <laughs> is the folder I need. And it is true. Like I have that in this house and yeah. like part of what I think, I don't know. I don't know what this fucking time is for anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do feel like I have been emotionally sort of like stagnant and I've been feeling, and I had this realization, like what, if you don't feel safe in your home, like for whatever reason, like then is it your dream home? Right. It's not. Wherever you, I mean, they always are like, what is it? Like home is where the heart is, <laughs> Yeah, which seems kind of uh, cliche, but I think that it's the people that you're with um, and how it makes you feel to be there with those people. Like we are really attached to like where we put our stuff, but uh, I think it's more important to focus on like who we're having our experiences with when we acquire that stuff. So <laughs> as we like move, also 2020 has just been like buck wild. So like as you move away from that house, like literally and figuratively, you also are like moving to a new place so that you right. can build those like a home of where the heart is wherever you are now. Because this is a new city. This is a new house. This is a new dog. Yeah. <laughs> People always say this was just going around Twitter and somebody said, what would you grab from your house if you could only grab one thing before leaving? But like, you know, if you could, if you, if you could only grab certain things from your house before leaving, you have all those things. You know what right. I mean? That's, that's all that really matters. You know, everything else is just stuff. And I left a lot of stuff behind too when I came from the East Coast to the West Coast, you know, and, and it's all kind of like still there, but somebody else is living in my house. We didn't sell our house, but it's like someone else's house now too. You well, know? that was the realization I had was that we got a couple people who were interested in renting it. And I was like, I had this realization that I was like, I don't know what they're going to be doing in that house. Mm -hmm. what, if I, what if I don't like what they're doing <laughs> right. in my house? Yeah. You know, and I don't know those people and they could, and they're going to be what? And then I, and it really dawned on me, like if it's, it's not an investment property. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's a home that yeah. like deserves to be loved by the people who are living there and not that renters aren't don't love their homes guys I'm not saying that I'm just saying like the people that were, were trying to rent my house I don't think we're gonna love it <laughs> oh yeah like it's proximity to they were some bright lights stars. in the big I mean, city yeah. <laughs> even, even, um, in, even in a rental space the place I used to live in like when I first moved to LA was like a like a like an Instagram apartment Yes. It was just like hot influencers living there. Yeah. And I was like, I was just in the elevator with them and I was like, they are definitely fucking up this apartment. <laughs> like right. you, that was you, the you yeah, know, that was the vibe people I was are like, this is not my house. Like, it's like when you go to a hotel and you're like, I'm going to sleep all day. Cause like at home I have to like be a grown up. people. You, we've all met people who you were like, if I had a place to rent, I would not let you rent my apartment. <laughs> You are going was, to destroy my house. Yeah, I have to say, like, I wasn't, 
I loved my like last rental that I lived in with Emily Beebe in Hancock mm-hmm. Park. We lived in this really cute duplex. I loved it. But for sure, like when we moved out, the owner was like, how long has this window been leaking? It's like rotted. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, it never even occurred to me. So anyway, uh, this has been really uh, very highly emotional and intense several days for me and my family. And we told the girls and this is the other thing that I want to say though, because this is what this fucking podcast is about, is about like pivots and like trying to figure shit out. Right. Like I went to Mark in September and I was like, I feel like shit. I don't want to stay here. We got to get the fuck out. And he was like, okay, all right, I'm with you. If that's what you need, let's just say yes. Let's go to New York for three weeks. I found this like Airbnb for three weeks in New York. We can go do that. Okay, great. We came here. I got this fucking job. My kids, I feel better physically. My kids are doing really well. And then randomly, like through like a series of, events ended up getting into this awesome school where like birdies thriving and like has friends and their pods are like their COVID protocol is like so intense. And I feel really comfortable about it because of how intense they are. And like, but the kids still get to have interactions with other kids, right. Within their little pods. Um, And like the way things have sort of fallen into place in so many ways just really feel like to me that that's the that's the lesson right like that's the thing to take away which is that like you just have to follow your truth I had a really intense feeling yeah yeah and it seemed insane and I felt and I even felt like oh my god are people going to be mad at me about it is it going to be something that's going to be is this wrong or whatever? But like, Mark was like, you have a feeling. Let's go for, okay. Like, and we're obviously, I understand not, but not everybody has the feeling that they have to like, whatever your feeling is, it might not be financially possible to like go to New York for three weeks. I fucking get it. But I am saying like, people are in this time, especially trying to make choices. And I just want to say that if you really like, listen to your gut and not all the other extraneous stuff of like, well, maybe this person will be mad at me or maybe these people will think I'm insane or whatever, you know, or my parents will be upset. You really just sit with yourself and listen to what you need in your gut. I think you will see that things open up in the way that they're supposed to for you. And I believe is, in that. You know 100%. what I mean? I, I think too, for me, like, especially about what this year has been about, has truly been listening to my body. And I think people have, uh, me and my partner have talked about this before, about how like our our body and our brains aren't the same. <laughs> and that we override what our body needs and wants a lot of times because of what we've been conditioned to do and think in our brains. Especially women. Of, especially women, yeah. right? So I think that in this time, no matter what you're doing, if you are baking bread or getting a dog or moving across the country, I think that taking a moment, 
<laughs> taking a moment to close your eyes and be like, hey, body, what do you need? What do you want? How do you feel? As opposed to like, because everyone's like, you should be doing this. You should be writing. You should be creating something. You should learn how to bake. But like, that's our head, right? What does your body need? A lot of times we are looking for external input on what we should be doing. Like you're saying, you're worried people are going to be mad at you or what your parents are going to think. But a lot of us are so conditioned just not to have a gut instinct for ourselves because we strictly go on external input. As I'm getting older, I think that I'm finally getting to a place where I really am aware of what my gut is telling me. And sometimes I still go against it. But there's nothing worse than like making a choice based on what you thought a million other people wanted and then it winds up not being great for you. So like no matter what, if my life is going to be going in a positive direction or if I'm in a resetting period or rebuilding period or whatever, let it be because it was my decision and not because I, you know, went somewhere and did something based on how I felt 10 people wanted me to live my life. Absolutely. Well, that's it's hard out here. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard out here, but we're but it again, is hard. We're doing our best. It, it yeah. is hard. I mean, it's uh, you know, I remember moving from Brooklyn to Connecticut, and I remember the days leading up to it when I was like, Brooklyn's not going to be my home anymore. I really tie my identity to like work and places where I live. And then I came to LA and, you know, I still wake up in the middle of the night and wonder what's happening in Connecticut and like, is my crock pot okay? But, uh, you know, that's like a whole plot of this is us. So I don't know. Yeah, this is <laughs> that's like crazy. I mean, I, I feel like I don't, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't even know if, I don't know if New York is, is, is it like we're done, you know, but it's There's, it for now. But it is it for now. But also what I do know is that as Casey so aptly pointed out, was it last week or the week before, that I can't end things, that I have a really <laughs> hard time ending things. <laughs> well, I'm serious. It really, that really like not fucked with me, but that really made me think like, yeah. because it was true. Like I knew I was done with that house. I knew that I didn't want to be there anymore, even though I fucking love it. And it's so beautiful. And I put every, and I loved it for years. And I have so many amazing memories there. But I knew in my heart that I wasn't ever going to feel okay there again. Yeah. So what was I holding on to it for? Yeah. Like, and why couldn't I, and it was time for me to like let somebody else come in and love it and have their memories and like put their paint colors up and their wallpaper. Although my wallpaper is so fucking badass. I it's just feel great like they wallpaper. should not, yeah. they should not yeah. switch yeah. that wallpaper out. Maybe you can make it a condition of the contract. <laughs> I made, I made some things a condition. Don't you worry. I also was like, guys, are you sure you don't want the photo booth? Cause I don't know if we can move it. It's really heavy. It's very heavy. You guys, you know, we, I mean, we had, we had a crane. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's really heavy. We had to have a crane put it in. It's really heavy. How are you going to get it out of there? No, they're keeping it. Oh, they are. Okay, good. Yeah. No, they are keeping it. All right. I just, yeah, it's been crazy. But here's, here's what also happened this weekend. I 
my entire family and I, well, you know, I get COVID tested every fucking day because mm-hmm. now I'm back at work. But but my kids and Mark also got COVID tested. And then Michelle and her husband and my goddaughter and they didn't they didn't swab. <laughs> the baby. The baby. The yeah. baby. But but her family got tested and then we like got to hang out and see Aww. each other. And I got to hold a baby, guys. Yeah. It felt the fucking dream. It's the dream. <laughs> I am not allowed, obviously, to post on social media mm-hmm. me holding the baby. However, sure. I am you- gonna take it to the group chat. Uh, you got <laughs> yes. to smell a baby head in the year 2020. All I, I know to- is that is I- truly. I just, chef's a kiss. <laughs> it was it was such a chef's kiss, Shadira, that I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to the group chat. I'm gonna send you me, me holding this little nugget. And- you truly are thriving because on that day, not only did you get to hold a dog, because I'm sure Gina was in. The I house. did hold a dog. Yes. So correct. you held a dog and smelled a baby's head. That's a flex. Busy. That's a perfect day. It's that's a perfect was, fucking day. Leonard Cohen started playing. <laughs> I was just like, it was all such a vibe. But more than that, I just was so happy. Like, I know a lot of people. I'm sure, especially with the second wave that's happening too. Like, I was really struck when we said goodbye. Michelle like put her hand on my face and she's like. I just don't know when I'm going to get to see you again. And I got really emotional at that too, because I was like this, I know everyone is like so fucking over this pandemic, Mm -hmm, you know? And it really does. It's like hard to not see your friends. It's like hard to not be able to hug people and like have meals with people. Yeah. And I just... I really miss all my friends and I really, I really miss seeing you guys in person too. Mm. You know, I miss it. It's really it all. hard. We I mean, like too. not to be like a weird aunt, but I am a hugger uh, specifically like my friends and babies and dogs. And it's really hard. Like there's like two new puppies in my neighborhood and like they're sad. Like all the dogs in America are sad. Because we're all ignoring them. They're like, why all the baby. You pet me? They're like, why won't you pet me? I'm good. And I'm like, there's a virus. Uh, everybody's like aunts and uncles. And it's like, we're missing a really key part of like what makes us feel like alive. Mm-hmm, and yeah. it was straight up just jacked from us. And then mm-hmm. a bunch of people were like, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> like, and it's like, it's not even always just family. It's like, People that you like meet on the street, like uh, just like uh, a moment that you share with a stranger, like everything has been changed in a way that like is sad. Like those things that really connected us, we're just like not allowed to do anymore. And that sucks. So I'm really happy that you got to have that day and that moment, especially yeah. in this time. And that I get to see a baby because uh we can't hold anybody's strange babies anymore. <laughs> also, babies are the best because new newer babies are the kind that like you can just pass around. Yeah. Like there's no like they don't have like any agency. <laughs> <laughs> you can just be like, you're my baby now. And they'll be like, okay. okay. And now all those babies are gonna be too old and be able to say no next year. So Well, I also <laughs> am like concerned about babies' mental well being. Yeah. Because they 
like much like all of our puppies that we got during COVID, <laughs> these poor puppies think that their entire that this is life. Yeah, that, like yeah. they don't know. We're just home with you all the time, puppy. And we're just here. <laughs> and you'll just always hear our voices and you'll always know that we're just like in the next room. And that is not real life event. I mean, maybe, I mean, hopefully we'll get Who back knows? to it. Yeah. I feel hopeful about the vaccines. I do have to say I that. I feel hopeful. Thank you, I feel Dolly hopeful. Parton. Shout Thank out to Dolly Parton. Dolly. Yes. The Dolly in case, Parton. Yes. In case you guys don't know this, Dolly Parton, uh, the Dolly Parton Foundation was a huge funder to which one of them? Moderna. 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 That's what it is. That reminds me of that furniture store in Beverly, Modernica. Anyway, <laughs> I know it's not the same. I I told you, I told you this last week, right? That I know a girl who got the trial, who was on oh, the yeah, vaccine trial. Said, yeah, I knew people that did the trial as well. She had sent an email asking if I want like if we wanted to do it and I got I was too nervous I guess at the time to do it I do it, not want to do it I'm not one of those. I, I know thyself I am not a vaccine tester person uh I tried well, I tried to do it but I just wasn't picked so oh really you know that just sucks. like d- talk about high school <laughs> didn't, get, didn't get picked for gym well, we have didn't a treat get- in this show today because we have kind of not just one guest we are talking with the incredible Arden Marine uh, about pivots and um, her new book that recently came out, Little Miss Little Compton. Um, She's so she fun. was on. You know who she is. If you like, you definitely know who Arden from is. Matt she's TV Matt because TV. She's on Matt she was TV on Matt TV, TV, but she's like also been on everything, every like single she's, show, every show. She's so funny. She's a comedian. Anyway, we love her. But then later. In the show, we're going to talk to Jenny Mullen Biggs, who you may follow on Instagram or Twitter, but I went to high school with because she tweeted something and I was like, wait, that was, I, I thought that I've said that. <laughs> and I just was, we were bringing it back to how people can have the same feelings and thoughts. But anyway, we're really lucky. We have two really wonderful people joining us today, both of whom are authors now too, in addition, yeah. multi-hyphenates. Yeah. We're yeah. all multi-hyphenates in this room. Guys, mm-hmm. all of us. We all Casey, are. me, Shantira, Arden, Jenny. We all, multi-hyphenates. We all have many jobs. So yes. before we get to Arden, though, we just want to say that um, tickets for our magic show the night before Thanksgiving are selling out fast. So if you want to get tickets, Biz, do you have the website right there? I do. Wait, hold on. It is. Guys, if you want to get tickets to the magic show with Harrison Kramer and Adrian LaCroix, it's the night before Thanksgiving. Guys, I'm very serious with these COVID spikes. Don't, I just read, I read this article today. Don't think that you're going to be safe just because it's like, you're like, it's just these two people and we no. trust them. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. Stay home night before Thanksgiving. Join our Zoom uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's going to be like a hour, hour and a half show. The tickets are only $15 and a portion of the proceeds we are donating. Um, so we've, we only have a limited number of tickets and there's only a couple hundred tickets left. Go to sidedooraccess.com slash artists slash busy Phillips, my name, but you have to spell it right. B-U-S-Y-P-H-I-L-I-P-P-S. 
Not a lot of tickets left, but there are some. If you want to come, you just go get those tickets right now. And I think it'll be fun. I did, I don't know that. I, you know, I'm back at work at Girls 5 Art before we go to Arden real t- real quick because I want to tell you one more thing that was really fun. I just like got out of the recording studio, guys, because I was recording. <gasps> yeah. My track. Cool. That's so fun. I know. And it Did was... you tell them to turn up your drum beat? <laughs> <laughs> no, but there was a lot of controversy at one point because of the clicks in. <laughs> and Sarah Bareilles who's obviously the most professional musician among us was like, this click, these clicks are not like, they're not making sense. Like I don't, I'm so sorry. I don't understand. She's the nicest human of all time. Yeah. I'm obsessed with her anyway. Uh, but I was like, I weirdly did understand the clicks. in. so I was like, what does this mean? Like, (laughs) why do I get them? They seemingly do not work for anyone else in this room who are all actual musicians and, and or have been on Broadway and or record recorded Broadway albums. But, but for some reason, I always knew when the clicks were going in. Oh, my God. Wait, I just thought of it. Oh, my God. This is hilarious. You know why? Why? I think the sound engineer was like basically kind of doing it like ADR sound clicks. Oh. So, guys. Oh, shit. Hollywood, Hollywood break. break. Okay. So, when you're an actor on television for your entire fucking life, like me, sometimes you record things on TV shows or whatever, and then they go back and it, and I like, and you like bumped your microphone with your hand or something on one line. So you have to go into a sound recording booth and they play, they're like, the line is just under a thousand tickets available Friday. And so they'll click it in and they'll be like, beep, beep, beep just under a thousand tickets available Friday and you have to match your mouth exactly. And I think that's what he was doing. He was doing the beeps like that and they were, they're used to musical beats like beep uh, clicks. Yeah. Which is different. Yeah. Cause they were, she was like, but what's the downbeat? And I'm like, I don't know the fucking downbeat. I just know it's like, Beep, beep, beep. Then uh, I yeah. go. It's yeah. like a you race. Know? It's where they're like, oh, the race is starting. And it wasn't necessarily like in a time signature. For yes. Right. Yes. Okay. I fully understand that. You now. see what I'm saying? Yes. yes like yes. they were all, they, they, they were all doing have a like, musical brain. And yes. I'm just like, I just go where the, where it After tells the me clicks. to go. Yes. yes. You have the advantage. Well, I did. But then what would happen is that every time it would, we were all singing together. So every time that would happen, then I would be like, God, oh, okay. Are we not? Oh, okay. Was I, I was right. Okay. Great. Thank you. And also like, I just was so, it's so funny to not, you know, me, this is like really testing a thing that I'm not great at, which is that I'm not the best at this skill set. Right. But that's nice though, when you are not the best, because like, not that they have low expectations, but it's like, okay, Broadway star and uh, <laughs> Grammy right. award winning singer. Uh, can you, what are you doing? And you could be like, I can, no matter what I do, I, I'm fine. I'm either, right. meeting, I'm either meeting expectations or I'm going above the expectations. <laughs> like there's no <laughs> worry for you, which is like always a nice place to be. <laughs> I, I think that you're right, actually. And I feel like there is freedom in like leaning into the like, I don't know what I'm doing, guys. But guess what? I, I am clicks. doing. <laughs> I am. <laughs> All right. Let's get to our first guest today. Arden Marine. 
We talked to Arden about her book. Let's listen in. Okay, guys. We talked about armpits today. This is such a relief to me. This is a relief. This is specifically targeted to your left armpit. Um, Each and every deodorant is incredible. Um, You know, we love supporting products from female-founded companies. I also love when companies use clean ingredients and when they're sustainable and when they work. Uh, So each and every deodorant has been an amazing find. I love using this deodorant. I've been using it for a couple of weeks now. They sent it on over to me to try out and boy, do I love it. Um, I got the lavender and lemon scent. Oh, that sounds good. I'm really sensitive to scents too. And it's not something that's like overpowering or um, too much for me. I just, re- it just smells really good. It was founded by two women in the beauty industry who were frustrated by the lack of high quality natural deodorant options. And so they created this natural gender inclusive deodorant specifically designed for sensitive skin. Uh, it's made with just six simple, safe ingredients, coconut oil, dead sea salt, natural essential oils and extracts for fragrance, which is why it doesn't give me a headache or bother me. Like I get like um, fake scents sometimes get me like real headachey. And it goes on really silky and smooth. There's no residue. And I have found it to definitely protect against odor. Now, look, I'm not a person that has a natural strong scent, but I do work out a fair amount. And I have to say like this has been a really nice um, addition to my to my scent, my body scent. I'm going to get the black spruce and fur because I feel like that will be festive for the holidays. That's hilarious. You're going to make people smell your armpits. You're like, I know. Christmas pits. <laughs> Christmas is coming. Um, anyway, we want you all to experience each and every. Take our advice. Order the sets. You're going to want to try all the scents. As one of our listeners, you're going to get 30% off your first purchase. You want to take advantage of this right now. Visit com slash best and enter promo code best. For 30% off, that's promo code best at com slash best. New calm. <laughs> new calm. Let's talk about new calm, <laughs> stress, and sleep recovery. Is that good? It's, Do you guys like, I like that? It. I like it. It's not one of my best ones. New calm, new calm. Guys, whether we're in the gym or we're at work, these things shape how we perform. We all need to probably improve stress at this point. I know that sleep is an issue for a lot of people. And I have like a heart, I need to work on like recovery from working out. Yeah. Also, you know what I just realized the other day? I was like, my hips have been feeling so weird. Yeah, it's because I've been walking like three miles every day. Yeah. And I never have been doing that before, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, New Calm gives you the power and control to relax and recharge anywhere, anytime, own the day with Nucom. It's a stress management system 
It's the only one of its kind. It's clinically proven in over 1 million sessions to improve your sleep, reduce your stress, and boost your recovery without drugs and side effects. The Nucom system is like a whole system, and it uses cutting-edge neuroscience and consists of three non-invasive and non-pharmaceutical items, all of which are included in your monthly subscription. It costs less than a daily cup of coffee. The whole process is very easy to use and to work into your daily routine. And it helps you achieve better sleep and reduction in stress and boost in recovery. I'm in. I need all Me those. Too. We need it all. Yeah. So own the day with New Calm. We have a special link set up specifically for our listeners. Go to busynewcalm.com. So it's B-U-S-Y-N-U-C-A-L-M dot Calm and get 50% off your 30-day subscription of Newcom and their money-back guarantee. That's B-U-S-Y-N-U-C-A-L-M dot com. Busy, B-U-S-Y-N-U-C-A-L-M dot com. I had a reporter yesterday from like, from the Providence oh. Journal and it was Leaf. like, Literally, it was so hateful from the get-go. And I just thought, oh, you've had a pretty good run, you old dinosaur. (laughs) You've had a pretty good run. You hate. It had this sort of the young lady vibe, you know. It was that young lady vibe of like. And it was. I have very little patience for that. I just. I have zero patience for it. Zero. Girl, (laughs) I want to bring you. I want to put you in my pocket. I'm like, I wish you had been there just dealing with this fucking dude. I'm sure you got that busy when you were promoting your book. Like, so a little bit, but I think that uh, because I'm so, I was so like ready to fight when my book was coming out. Yeah. That. yeah, that I didn't get it as much as I have, like, just doing, like, random press tours for movies or yeah. TV shows or whatever. You never um, know who's going to sucker punch you. You know what I mean? You don't know who—you don't know who's going to jump out of the bush. And you think, like, in my mind, this was just, like, hometown gal makes good. Like, oh, no, no. This was hometown gal gets punched in the face by a dinosaur. <laughs> like, why are you, a hometown like, why paper can't we have doing nice a, things? Yeah, doing a <laughs> yeah. gotcha interview over your very nice book. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, know. I was like, I got to get out of here. This, I got to get off of this. This is awesome. you feel like- How did you extricate yourself from the... <laughs> I defended myself. I texted my publicist and said, I hate this guy. And she was listening and she was like, this guy's a fucking dick. So then she came on and said, one more question. And then I immediately was like, I don't want this guy. I'd rather just have no article. So the problem is everyone's been furloughed because they're trying to go above them to like the editors and stuff to try to pull. But like nobody's at the paper. So I don't know. We'll see. It's just like a phantom newspaper operating with MySpace. Yeah. It's like a MySpace. Yeah. Yeah. Did it feel like he, like, I remember one time, this was a million years ago, but I remember it very well. I There was a review of the this like um, UPN sitcom that right. I was the star of called I Love this. Inc. I love, I remember yeah. that. I think I, I went in for that. I think UPN. I remember auditioning <laughs> for that. Yeah. And the show had been developed for Denise Richards. Love it. And then she ended up not doing the pilot and uh, Shannon Dordery- 
Yeah. Did I say it right? Sure. Love it. Okay. She got it. And then they brought her out for the upfronts. I mean, this is so long ago. And then they re- they recast her. Dude. And I turned it, I turned down going, because I felt like it was such bad vibes. Like sure. to, to bring a notable actor out to like parade in front of the advertisers at the upfronts. Guys, Hollywood break. That's like the upfronts are when... Um, all the networks bring out their new shows for the advertisers, literally yeah. the advertisers, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. that they can book ad space on their networks for their new upcoming fall shows. Yeah, and I felt like it was so like I've always been like a very like I'm, I'm you know I'm not afraid to sell a bar of soap, but like I also, <laughs> but I also feel like you know there are rules and like you need to be. I I felt like bringing out like a very notable actor for the upfronts and then firing her afterwards. Like they already knew they were going to replace her. It's right? unkind. Like, right. It's unnecessarily cruel. I yeah. felt yeah. like it was rude. So I kept turning down, going in, going in. Finally, I was like, whatever, fine. It was like the fourth time. I was like, okay, fine. I went in and then ended up getting the part. And the show came, I had never done a sitcom before. And the show came out and there was this review where it was so mean and nasty to me that I was like, did I fuck this guy's wife? Like, <laughs> yes. Did I like what did, you, did I do to this man? I did something so horrendous to this person. I'm so sorry to tell you you did fuck that guy's wife. Why did you fuck that guy's wife? It was so personal. Yeah. And like sure. it, when you get a up and it's uh, like I have not really had the experience with a female journalist, mm-hmm. but like when you have the experience like you just had. This was a guy. I had a guy. Of course. It's always yeah. a man who yeah. like, I, I don't know what it is. You're too big for your <laughs> britches. You think you're so, you're hot shit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They want to put you down, like peg, you know. Also, why? You place? Just say you don't, just don't do it. Don't interview the person. You know what I mean? It's like if if someone was like, do you want to interview this man you hate? I'd be like, no, thank you. All right. Okay. So, um, Arden Marine, um, Arden Marine, your book, Little Miss Little Compton. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> so funny. It's, it's, I love uh, that that city is in. Rhode yeah, Island. Little, I'm from a town called Little Compton, Rhode Island, and I'm not even kidding you. They didn't. They'd never heard of the real Compton. Even when the album came out, it was not until the movie swept the nation and every town in America was getting like straight out of Nashville t-shirts or like straight out of Austin. Little Compton could not believe there was a larger Compton <laughs> and that it had gigantic cultural significance. Like Little like little Compton's mind was blown because it's like in a time cap. It's like from like the 1600s. I mean, it's it's like lobstermen, and there's no stoplights. There's a general store. I mean, they couldn't believe there was another Compton. I, I think it's also funny. It's like if you meet someone and their name's like William Jr. And you're like, yeah. oh, is your dad a senior? And they're like, nope. Yeah, I'm no. just William Jr. <laughs> no. They just assumed there was no bigger Compton. They were just Lil Compton. I like and that the, was where it started. <laughs> I like being a Lil. No, you yeah. start with the Lil. I don't want to yeah. get cocky. Obviously, yeah. I'm the Lil Compton. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. Rhode Island, so East Coast, so East, it's um, so East Coast. We have a the, lot in common though, too. Our, my, you know, I know. my mom is a real estate agent. There was so much. We, you, your mom is a real estate agent. There was a lot. I was reading uh-huh. it, and even your '90s, like your experience. Yeah. There was so much I related to 
with what you went through with people talking to you about your body and kind of becoming in as like getting cast as like a specific – I'm not trying to be like at the time Katie Holmes or whatever or Calista Flockhart who was big. Like I'm not – I'm trying to do – I got hired because I didn't do that. And then like getting almost like punished that then once they hire you that you're not that. I completely related. Well, we've like come of age sort of in the entertainment industry at very similar times. So it's it's very relatable. I can imagine we both have very similar shared experiences. You did, you had a little bit of a different journey though, because you went to Chicago and started doing improv with Shantira. Chicago. Yes, honey. Hi. (laughs) Everybody, I felt like Chicago was the first place I found my people and nobody was, no one had any money. And it was like, and it kind of didn't matter. It was truly friendship. It was like where, it was the first time I ever moved away from home and paid my own bills. So like that's where I grew up. My apartment was $300. Oh, whoa. It was terrifying. 320 in a basement with three strangers. That's how you do it, baby. (laughs) I had to to, race into my door every day and pray I wasn't going to get attacked. But it was like, it was... It was the beginning of everything for me. Yeah, we're Chicago babies. I was an actual Chicago baby. Yes. I know. I know. I was was baby I loved hearing also about your—I really related um, by—my parents would say to me, we know your brother's smarter than you, but you're more (laughs) well-rounded. Or they would say, he's he's smarter than us. Like, you know, I really relate. Like, all that stuff you take in, and then you're like, am I a dummy? Like, why are they they telling? I I was just thinking that. But it's weird (laughs) because I kind of do it to my kids now. (laughs) How could you not? Yeah, I don't know. You just do. Like, I'm always like, Cricket's a magical unicorn. And like, so what? So Birdie's not a fucking magical unicorn? Like, yeah, no, Birdie's magical too in her own way. She's just not like living in a, on a different planet like the little <laughs> yeah. one is like how how did you when you I loved how honest you I mean I really admired your like how did your I'm nervous with it how did your sister feel like how did it go down with your family when you did you not give it to your family before it came out I asked my brother if he wanted to read it and he and he thought about it and he said no Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean. Maybe he is, is the smart one. You know what? He, I have to say, the sad thing is he actually is like the smartest. He actually, he is smarter than me. Like, I'm smart, yes. but he's weirdly, he's a weirdo smart guy. I kind of got his permission for the story, like when he had diarrhea trying to get into my apartment. <laughs> and I wore, I asked him if I could tell us about playing crotch chicken. And then I just said, look, like. There's some stuff you might not like about our dad. And he was like, look, I know our dad was terrible. So he's like, that's not news to me. So there you go. Well, it's interesting that you say that because, like, I had a very different experience with my family and my sister. And I gave them the book before it was, like, turned in final edit. Yeah. And – but I – two things. Like, I I sent my sister, like, the pertinent – chapters about our family and stuff. I had to tell her about my abortion. She didn't know that was like a family secret or whatever. Um, And she was upset like that she had been left out of that like time, you know, and felt really terrible. Like she felt bad and it was hard. And and then I had to like, t- and then I talked to my parents and like told, I like walked them through all of this stuff. Um, But my family was not thrilled. They were really not thrilled. How did you deal with that? Well, you just you just did. Partially that I just did. 
partially my I made adjustments. Yeah. That were that were things that they asked for, which is I was fine to do. Yeah. And then um I wasn't actually fine to do. I'm actually <laughs> lying in this moment right now. I am not I was like, I kind of didn't want. You yeah, were willing. I, you were willing. I was willing to do it because my relationship is more important than my than yeah, whatever. And then, um, and then you know what really changed? What was that? My mom and dad. This is weird for you because you don't get to do like a traditional book tour, dude. I mean, that's to, why I'm so grateful to be here. It's literally, <laughs> I don't get to do. No, it's like every part of this book has been an, not how I thought this would be, right. and so. Talking about pivoting. I mean, talking yeah, about this pivot. Is your pivot. This is Here, your pivot. I mean, there's been so many pivots, but one of them was like, oh, okay, there's a pandemic. Like, okay, well, maybe, maybe by September. I don't know. And then it's, you know, and I think mourning, I gave myself like 36 hours to mourn. Like, I really yeah. wanted to go. I I like doing stand-up. I like, it would be so fun to be able to go do readings and do stand-up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I love going to meet people. I would have been proud to go share this with people. And just adjusting like, okay, Arden, this isn't personal. This is happening to everybody. So many people have like canceled weddings or lost people yeah. during this or like yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, Perspective you know. Perspective is everything. Yeah. So it was really like, okay, like, let's just, and then that's when I was like, well, how can I make this like a party? And then I was like, I'm going to send people presents in like the most, I'm going to send a fun bundle to people. That was and the make, highlight of my pandemic, so fun. by it the way. So Getting that box from you. With I'm your- a real puzzle bitch. So I was really happy. It's a one day one, but it's hard because of the blue spots. <laughs> For the listeners, I so I wanted the cover of my I wanted to put my sixth grade photo where I look like Barb from Stranger Things on the cover, <laughs> yeah. and the publisher wouldn't let me. And then I was like, okay, because they wanted people to like be able to recognize me. So then I yeah. recreated it, the exact same photo. I had braces made and I had my cat. And then they would, they thought I looked too fucking crazy. So then, so then I was like, well, here, I've like commissioned Robin Von Swang to do these crazy sick recreations. So I was like, I've got to do something with it. So I made meet the author's puzzles with me and my cat. I'm really excited to be just like a black girl walking around LA with a tote that says Little Miss Little Compton. Yes, honey. Yes, honey. <laughs> and then yes. people will be like, oh yeah, this really tracks for you. And yes. I'll be like, Tell them you. you won. Tell them you a, were impacted. A nice, a nice white lady gave me this. <laughs> you were, like, Arden Van Amridge Marine. <laughs> yes. She gave yes. me this. Yes. I love that. Tell me you did the pageant circuit. I love oh, yeah, it. yeah, for sure. <laughs> Arden, because we're talking about pivots, tell me what the pivot, what the original pivot was that led you to selling the book and writing the book. I mean, there's been so many, I would say I really, and I love the topic of pivots and there's actually some topics of pivots like in the book. Yeah. And it was interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a sports person, but I watched the the Chicago Bulls, that the Last Dance documentary, it which is, is so good. So 1997 Scottie yeah. Pippen so is the hottest man. Dude, I've become— <laughs> I get it. Oh, you get it. And I All also time. love how, like— <laughs> I also love how, like, Michael Jordan, he takes a no, and then he he's like, thank you for the gift of, like, fronting me. Now I have this superpower. I need to win everything. So, I mean, I, I'm not crazy like that, but I feel like along the way— growing up, you know, I couldn't get cast in school plays. So I had, like, literally this woman fucking hated me. So I had to, if I had just gotten cast, I would have happily just gone my way through. But because (laughs) she wouldn't cast me, 
I started writing and directing and putting on my own plays. Like, you have and then, to. yeah. And then, like, I yeah. won the fucking trustees prize, which just, like enraged her. But, like, every step of the way, you know, and then, like, I didn't go to a fancy, I didn't go to like Northwestern or Juilliard or Yale. And so, like, in order to get, I couldn't get an agent. So I was able to, like, was like, okay, I know I can write for myself. I'll start doing stand-up. Like, that it, like that was a way for me to get on stage to get an agent. Like, using sort of the blocks. And then, you know, as time went on, um, I, being on sick, I kept doing pilots that did not get picked up. Yeah. And, yeah. and when we were busy, like, back in the day, you like, if, if you did sketch comedy— you were not an actress. And I remember right. for a while, like, SNL and Mad TV and, like, obviously I wanted to be on SNL. I tested against Amy Poehler. Amy got it. Mad TV. <laughs> I know, right? So Mad, People ask me what Mad TV was like. I was like, it was like all of the pain of SNL with none of the Vanity Fair covers. <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or, like, the movies. Like, none yeah. of the yeah. movies. None of uh. the movie deals. None of the respect. But— So I remember I couldn't—I was doing all these sitcom pilots. They weren't getting picked up. And then I was like, okay, like— I remember I ran into Katie Seagal, who I knew from Married with Children, and she was like, Arden, you just need to get on TV. It's easier to stay on TV than to get on TV. You just need something that's on. So I went hard, and I went for Mad TV, and that was like a pivot, and I felt like she was right. Like, once I was doing that, it made me, like, officially a comedian versus just, like, a comedic actress. And then even farther down, like— it's easy to be the new girl when when nobody knows you. And, like, when you're mm-hmm. brand new, you book all these things. But then mm-hmm. when people are like, oh, we know her, you know, I felt like another pivot was once I was known but not quite getting cast as much, Bobby Lee did an intervention for me. I was doing Chelsea Lately, and he came over, and he was like, Arden, you're the only one who's not making— you know, we would make $300 because it was on E. You guys know. Like, so— <laughs> Wait a minute. You made you that made much? $300? I don't want to brag, guys, but things were working Whoa. out. Whoa. Arden, um, you came in here flexing. $300? I think I made all those puzzle shins here. I didn't even get those puzzles. With that e-money? Okay. I got that puzzle money. So, <laughs> But Bobby did an intervention, and he was like, everybody on Chelsea's panel, I was doing it every other week. And yeah, you, I done, was, you did like how many episodes? You did 115. Like over 100. Uh, over 100, yeah. But, like, I was the only non-stand-up. So everybody else, Bobby was like, Arden, we're all making a shit ton of money every weekend. You're the dummy that's making $300. You have the same credits as me. So he brought me to his house. He, like, basically taught me. I had stopped doing stand-up. I only did an improv. And he was like, okay. And he gave me, like, the basics. He's like, okay, first of all, you thank the host. Then, are you a physical stand-up or are you a mic and stand stand-up? He goes, I think you're physical. I was like, okay. So he goes, so you take the stand and you put it behind you so the audience can see you and you move around and when you're done, you put the mic stand back. Like he literally taught me like the This is basics. a real friend. This is a real yeah. friend. That's awesome. And because so, most of the time stand-ups learn this because they're crazy people and yeah. they go to every stand-up yeah. bar and club every yeah. night all night and they yeah. just go and try to get up and they watch everybody else's sets you didn't have to do that your friend bobby was like let's yeah, skip I to got the good you. part well this I, is what you do 
I started as a stand-up and then I right. qu- quit because I was afraid of it. I was a 21-year-old female. There was it's not really a lot. Hard. I think you made the right choice. Yeah. It's true. It's really- 100%. <laughs> also, Can I just tell truly, you? 100%. In my, yeah. in my truly, personal experience. Everybody who goes to Chicago truly makes this decision. Are you going to be a stand-up or are you going to be an improviser? A lot of people, they make the decision. I chose to do improv because... My improv class started at seven yeah. and it ended at ten. Yeah. And the and the and the stand up sets, you had to go and start at eleven and wait. And I was like, I gotta go to bed. So that is literally <laughs> why I was like, I can't do stand up. Oh, improv, improv is more social too. You know, improv is more social. Like, and you're not. I, I, well, so I will say when I switched, I switched teams. So then when I switched from improv to stand up. I thought I was doing it like, okay, I'm willing to earn money. I'm willing to go earn. But it was actually, I was like 35, pretty fucking late to start doing stand-up. And it actually forced me to be number one on the call sheet, see who I was without Mm -hmm. somebody next to me. I went out with a set idea of what my act would be, but then the audience, and I'm sure you found this doing your stories and then doing your show and now doing your podcast, everything that I thought was that I was ashamed of or I didn't want people to know about me mm. was actually what people related to and yeah. is actually what people yeah. wanted to hear. Yeah. And and it actually gave me the gift of, I feel like, the Velveteen Rabbit of, like, I thought it was for money, but it was actually me seeing, like, maybe all this stuff I don't want people to see. There's nothing wrong with me and it's relatable. That's really interesting, like, getting yeah. to know yourself through your audience and being like, oh— and bringing more humanity and bringing more and then and then doing my podcast like i feel like then led to the book like there's something about getting brave i used to never tell personal stories on stage and then like yeah. doing the podcast just getting more and more you know in my i've pitched this book many times over the years and like in when the few times i pitched in the beginning it was more you know, back in the day when, like, female comedian has a book, it's sort of fun, your worst of moments. Like, you're fun, yeah. drunken, da-da-da-da, maybe I slept with this guy or whatever. Yeah. And I feel like doing the stand-up and then doing my podcast and then, like, everything that's happened. And I think everything that's happened in the world, I feel like the world yeah. expects a little more, like, okay, well, like, what else is going on? Like, what, mm-hmm. yeah. like, so that they can handle all of it. They can handle that, like— 80% of it is fucking hilarious and a blast, but, like, 20% of it, there's, like, pain and that, like, people, I think, have the capa- the container. To, they want to hold all of it and not just see the, the yeah. fun I, parts I, you're well, showing them. I, I truly believe that, like, people pay money for stand-up, for improv, for sketch, for theater. They, we're, they're paying to watch somebody be brave. Yeah. So, like— they're already there to watch people do something that they're too scared to do. Yeah. If you go out and you like really are brave with what you say, they're like, yeah, take my fucking money, dude. <laughs> well, and that's what I feel about. I have, I've really been enjoying your podcast. Like I really think I love hearing three women. I love that. Like it's honest. I love that you, you meet each other wherever you are and it's still fun. Like I feel like it's all of it. I feel like it's really, I, I personally I do feel seen and related, like, hearing about it. I loved hearing Rosie O'Donnell. Like, I love oh. getting to know her. I, I mean, but I, I do. I appreciate that. Like, I think, you know, just showing up. Yeah, Listen, I love that. We talk about that a lot. It's really important to feel seen and to yeah. make other people feel yes. seen. And I think your book really does that, too. You Thank know, you. Because it's so funny, but it has so many touching moments. And also, yeah, just are really like balancing the bitter and the sweet because that's what life is, right? That's what life it's is. not 
I mean, I very much wanted to feel like, I guess one of the things I'm proud of in life is, and I do, I do think everybody is dealt a certain hand and that for yeah. most people, if you take the time to get to know them, it might look all put together, or, but like most people have some complicated cards that they're dealt yeah. and that, um, you know, a lot of my childhood was really fun, but like I had, but there, you know. My parents married on a dare. They were that not. That was wild. You really <laughs> came out swinging. I like opened the book and I was like, this where we start? Yeah. <laughs> okay, damn. Well, Set the a, precedent. And again, it's really like, and you don't, you know, you just accept your family or your childhood, right. wherever you grew up. You're like, this is life. Like, this is normal. And then, yeah. it, and so, you know, so it was this one of the effects of growing up with parents who never dated and married on a dare, and then they move from Manhattan to a town with a general store and, like, a criminal that is a crow. Like, you know, just <laughs> yeah. that. And then, like, with this, like, the most fun, magical mom and, like, a pretty fucking gnarly dad. And, like, this, thankfully, he was, like, his best attribute was that he was disinterested. <laughs> so, like, yeah. he wasn't around much. But, like, that it was... I f- but when I got launched out into the world, I feel like, ooh, there's certain things like I actually don't know how to do, and and I and growing up with like a pretty nasty dad, like who like you, I sort of believed a lot of what he told me. Like I mm-hmm. thought maybe there was something wrong with me, and I I have put in the. Hours and fucking hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of, like, working on myself. And, like, I wanted to provide hope for anybody out there that, you know, it's not that you're trying to pretend this stuff didn't happen, but that maybe your experience can help somebody else and that maybe that's somebody else's problem and, like, somebody putting, like, to guard your light, listen to what makes your tail wag, that you can have some magic, you can have some joy— even if, like, maybe there was somebody that's not supportive, that you can right. still protect yourself. I and really have some love magic. guard your light. Yeah, I really guard love your guard light, your yeah. light so much because I feel like so many people forget that there's light in them. When you have a brightness in you, it does attract darkness. Yes, because they're trying to be like, I've been dark for so long. I would really love for you to like click, click, flip the switch on and give me some of your light, and it could be so draining. I mean, like, even reading your book. I feel like uh, even the, the one of the first stories is about like how you found out your parents married married on a dare. I can't remember if it was in the book or not. But the night after my mom like agreed to the dare, she had a date with another guy that <laughs> no. apparently she went on and she like yeah, totally she had to go. She yeah. got she goes she goes I made out with him so hard because I knew this might be the last guy I make out with. And then apparently he called like again later in the week and her roommate answered and she was like Oh, Janice engaged and like the guy was like What? You know. <laughs> but I feel like as far as protecting your light goes I mean I, I don't mean to keep I'm just I you know I know you guys are earlier on in your podcast and that's why as a person who's been li- <laughs> I want to shine back at you I feel like that's what you're doing like hearing Aww. about how you started Aww. your show hearing about how you were like no we want women in charge we need we need a diverse fucking entire crew I don't want everybody that looks like me we need different voices like and that you put your money where your mouth is to me that's protecting your light like to me yeah. You know, I'm sure busy. They, I'm sure there was other people that they wanted her to ha- like. The fact that it was like yeah. that's protecting. Oh, yes. Like, no, what's going to be my best version of my show? You know, everybody needs a team. Go where the love is. What makes your tail wag? And if somebody's a dick, <laughs> just kind of like bye. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Well, it's yeah. not so different. It's not that. so different than what you did when you were a kid. You know, like I think that we all three of us feel like, listen, if you're not going to let us do 
this the way that we know is right for us and frankly like right, yeah, then yeah. we're just not going to do it. We'd rather yep. go do it ourselves. You know, yep. just the same as like little Arden Marine writing her own plays because some bitch won't put her in the school play. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and not letting somebody else, I agree with you when, when, when it uh, does attract darkness. I remember I used to get in trouble. I went to college with my best friend, Cheryl, and like, which I hated, but we would still, I mean, you still, you make the best. I mean, we laughed. We had a great time. It was just the wrong school for me, but like we would laugh and stay up all night. And I remember we got brought to like, what do they call Like the RA on your floor. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were, and the snitch. And we got in trouble because we were exhibiting too much outward happiness. Like people were mad. It was like, why yeah. can't we have nice things? By the way, <laughs> I've never been joy more thievery. <laughs> right? It's a, it's the it is it's the joy goblins. They oh come and they steal your joy. <laughs> yes. Well, I like I wrote about it in my book too. Like there are sparkly people, and then yes. there are people that like see sparkly people, and they're like, "How do I crush? Yes. That? How yes. do I put it yeah. out? I don't like it. I don't get it. I want it dead. <laughs> like, yes. You're just right. like. And it's like, you could go get some light, though. Yeah. That's the thing. What I remember when I first, when I got my first sitcom, it was almost too fast. I was 22, and I'd literally grown up no connect. I'm in this tiny town, and I think for some people, not the people in the town, but some people I knew in my life, it was almost too much, earning too much, like, and I started for a moment to feel like I could either have, like, love and joy in my life, or I could have success. And, like... And I've, I, thankfully now I know that is, could not be farther from the truth, but like that when like water right. rises, like every boat in the harbor rises up. Yeah. But yes. that if somebody's trying, like I, just that there's a natural, I don't know that like I try to have a wide berth when I see that energy, it's like, oh, this isn't even about me. Like this, yeah. yes. whatever this tornado is, like I can't even in, engage with it because it's, it's too dangerous of a price on my own soul to try to even like th- like this journey has clearly been dark for many decades and I can't even try and get into the boxing ring with this. Yeah. Yeah. So did you sort of like instinctually because you really you really have just like leaned into the pivots is yeah. that just a thing that's in your DNA, you feel like, and from and from basically your childhood and what you were sort of the cards you were dealt, that was how you figured out how to deal was to like, okay, well, this seems like it's not working. Because so many people will fight, like they'll fight right. till the death right. before they will make a pivot, you know? Yeah. What is that I th- about you? I think it's a combo of, yes, very much. It's like the good and the bad side of how I grew up. So like, and I would say it's both probably from my mom. My friend Lisa, who read this, she was like one of my best friends. And she read earlier, she goes, Arden, this isn't your memoir. This is your momoir. Like, I feel like everything magic I have is mostly from my mom. But also some of my, I would say, limitations, like I don't know how to fight. Like I I actively can't fight. Like so I Mm. conflict, everything has to be kept nice, like which it's not a great. It's not great to not be good at. I've gotten better at conflict, but I literally both my brother and I just have. We just don't know how it was because everything had to be nice, you know. But I will it, say, but she really believed in us and was, and she really believed that our imaginations and that that what was unique about us was slightly different. That it wasn't going to be. That it was a little 
one step left of center, like that that was our special sauce and that Mm. it may not be everybody's cup of tea. And look, I'm sure along the way, I fucking wish every front door opened for me. I wish Lauren Michaels was like, it's you. And I wish the theater department was like, you get to be Audrey and Little Shop. And I wish, you know, but I I have to say, I feel like my career and my life has been more interesting because I feel like, I mean, I'm just realizing this now as we're chatting, I feel like each of these times where it wasn't just easy forced me to harness my own voice in a way that I wouldn't have if it was just doors opening. There you right, go. because if yeah. every if every door opened for you and you had the opportunity to step through every door, a lot of those rooms wouldn't care about you, Arden. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, but whereas you experience limited doors opening, those are doors that were really meant to be open for you. That was for you. you yeah. Know? So that's what like- is for you is for you, and what is for someone else is for someone else. And as soon as you're able to, sometimes it's being patient, but as soon as you're really truly able to be like. I know that what is for me is coming. I think that you feel better (laughs) about not getting things, but also you're more prepared for when it does come. I mean, like nobody was writing for me. Sometimes, (laughs) especially women. You walk into a room in Chicago and there's like 17 white boys. They ain't writing for you. I mean, you want some stage time, you got to do it. I loved Chicago, but that was the most male. I've never seen like whiter white boys either. I was like, there's a lot of big dudes. (laughs) It's that Midwest white boy. I'm like, what is happening here? Um, yeah, it's an, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing too, just like circling back to the beginning of thinking about like what we were talking about with TV shows in the nineties and what we were coming up through and that environment, it was like Callista Flockhart was Allie McBeal. Mm -hmm. It was sort of that sort of thin, pretty, very white, very sort of like, even if you're the friend, you need to be the certain kind of way. Yeah. And I, and I remember... I was getting cast, but I found myself, like, at first I got cast a lot with my little red bob haircut and my cardigan sweaters and my red lipstick. And, like, and then I felt like I start, my light started to dim because I started right. to try to, almost out of fear, be like, what do they want? Rather than, yep. here's what I bring. It was like, okay, let me just try to look like everyone else. Maybe if I could lose 10 more pounds. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I, my voice wasn't so high, maybe I could lower my voice, like, and and I got really sad. I felt really depressed. Yeah. I started you were like, dimming your light. <laughs> my light was dimming, and I yeah. think I think it was really almost like the fight for my life. Of like, okay, all right. So I've proved I don't have to like. I've proved I can support myself. I've never taken money from anyone. I've proved. And by the way, busy. By the way, by the way, busy. I my fucking terrible boyfriends. I paid for trips for everyone. I paid for rent for everyone. I bought my Everything. dad. I bought my dad Pilates classes. Oh. I sent my mom to therapy. I spent. Oh. I could have fucking spent my money on other people trying to help them. Yes, but I. I actually felt like I almost felt like I had like a breakdown of like. I lost my light and I was real. I started struggling with like food stuff. I started, I felt like something was wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I started sort of like putting Humpty Dumpty back together again and really looking at like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here's some childhood stuff. Here's some Hollywood stuff. Like, why did I want to do this in the first place? Mm-hmm. I don't want to just prove that I can be on. Like, what? A, what is unique? To, why am I here? What am I? What can I give to the world that is my POV? And and I I have to say, like, just leaning into 
what makes your tail wag? What's your own little weird corner? Like, I'm sure, Busy, when you started doing your Instagram stories yeah. and, like, you didn't do it to get followers. You did it to, like, you can't. Yeah. You, there was, like, doing something it. missing. Yeah. yeah I was, like, purity. looking for something. Yeah. It's the and, purity of, like, this is what I want to do. And mm-hmm. then sometimes people respond to the honesty of that. Yeah. I was, like, missing my voice. I was yeah. literally missing my voice. And yeah. uh, it's so interesting because Michelle— Williams, guys, my best friend. Oh my God, who? <laughs> Michelle, huh? who? Who? But I remember like her coming to LA at some point. Like I had been doing Instagram, like do, had started doing the Instagram stories or whatever, and it was like becoming kind of a thing. And I was so confused by it anyway. You know, like what is this? But okay, like cool. But I was really enjoying it, and I was having yeah. so much fun, and I loved it so much. And she came, and she was like busy. It's you. It's you. You're like the girl I met the first day on that you came to Wilmington. Yeah. And you were so like, wow, you know, and then you just over, you know, 12 years of this business, like beating you the heck down. Yeah. Like it just went out and having kids and being, it's all of it. It's all of it. Yeah. But then, you know, here we are. Art, well, and here we are. Well, I really do think it is an interesting. It is interesting where, when you do get to the simplicity, and I and I, that's one of the things I'm grateful for of like the gifts of some pain, like the gifts of hard experiences, including now. I feel like including now for the world, the gifts right. of sort of being raw. I feel like, and when you sort of have less skin on you. I, I actually feel like as women, I can just speak for myself. I was always brought up to like not hurt other people's feelings. And we're, like one of the gifts of having no skin and being raw is like I feel like you instinctively know who feels good, who doesn't feel good. What feels good, what yeah. what what might be fun for you might not be for some, but like what you want right. to – and like when you just don't have enough skin to people, please – there's actually a ma- there's like a gift. There's a little window of opportunity in, in that. Opening up that thing, especially as women, that thing gets closed off. Fuck yeah, it does. sometimes it happens when people are very young. Some yeah, women. Sometimes it happens as you're a little bit older. Yeah, like you know, and in very rare cases, it never happens. But figuring <laughs> out like how to be able to access that, you know, gut feeling and follow that intuition is so important. So anyway, I just love it. I love your book. Oh my I love God, you. Thank you. I love you um, too. Um, I loved what you said about when you have no skin, because people always tell you in this business, like you're going to have to get a thicker skin. And I always feel like I haven't been historically, particularly thick skinned. Yeah. Like, but I can tell the difference between when someone's being honest with me about something that I need to do or something that I could be better at. And it's to help me yes. versus when someone's being harsh with me to hurt me. And I think like having a thinner skin allows me to be sensitive, which is kind of like, I guess that's like my calling card is to be sensitive. It's your superpower. That's a, that, it's a superpower. And that's the thing that, you know, I have like lots of theories about all this shit, but that's the <laughs> thing. That's the trick yeah. that men have like pulled on women Yes, in our quest for equality, which is that you have to be more like me. Yes. Yeah. As opposed to we can all figure out a way to exist with our strengths and our weaknesses together in workspaces, in life spaces, in public spaces. And your, your, you know, your strength, I may not understand as a strength, but let me like 
give me a second. Let me just, yeah. you know, I, and I that's the, the, that's the fucking trick, man. I love you guys also talking about on one of your podcasts, like when people say I'm just being honest, it's like, no, you're just being oh. a dick. Like mm-hmm. that. And, or it's the equivalent of when somebody says, I hate, it's the, the equivalent of thin skin too. When somebody goes, I don't want you to get your hopes up. It's like, why not? Like, I don't want to be so <laughs> fucking jaded that I can't get my hopes up yeah. about like, like it's not going to spare me that I, my disappointment if something I did doesn't get picked up or whatever. Like, I'm going to be disappointed right or left. I don't want to be so fucking thick-skinned that I have no hope. I'm, like, numb to having any hopes for it. As like, if you could control your hopes. Yeah. Right. I know. You know, like, the thing. if you're not getting your hopes up, you're lying about not having your hopes up. Yep. Yeah. You know? And that's, but that's your suppressing the thing, which yeah. is, like, what ends up happening so frequently to so many of us. That's, yeah. that, those are the, those are the light stealers. I mean, it was so interesting growing up in a house with one, the main parent doing 80% of the work, nine, no, 99.9% <laughs> of the work, who was like full circle of like guarding, you know, we couldn't be assholes, but it was like, like protect yourself. And then like with that point one dude of being like, oh, you know, must be nice. Oh, look, uh, you know, it was so interesting. The New England state motto. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? That's exactly it. Oh, you think you're better than me? You think oh, you're better be, than me? You think you're better than me? Oh, must be. I'll meet you down by the fucking water slide and I'll keep your fucking car. It's that. Yeah. It was an interesting, it really, and when I will say, listening to you say that, Busy, that, that it is like a choice to like graciously and elegantly not shove back, but just be like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to, I'm just enough. Like I'm 10 ounces of liquid and maybe you're a six ounce cup and maybe it's not <laughs> the right fit. I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh my God. I love that too. Maybe that needs to be a shirt. 10 ounces of liquid <laughs> and a, yeah. Find my uh, but basically, bye. 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 Uh, go, go fucking yourself. I, I just I loved, know. I loved how you wrote about your mom so much. Yeah. It, it just, it must be nice. It must have been nice in yeah. a nice way, in a sincere way to just have a parent that liked you, that Dude, dug you. She was barely in my proposal, you know, and it was so just the timing of how, when I sold this and like, and then how it became her book. And like, it really made me, I had so many people telling me stories about her that, yeah. and I, and again, I just sort of took for granted, like, oh, that's just a mom. But I was like, oh no, this was like, I really got, I feel like the universe gave me this sparkly lady and and I know a lot of friends that didn't even have that from either parent or from, you know, and so as nasty as my dad was, I did have one person that was like really great. And and I know some people don't have any of that. And so like yeah. ways to find it in your world or if you you literally can just be it for yourself. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. like I I'm appreciative of I'm very grateful that I had her as a mom. Yeah. She must have been so proud of you. She really was. She was a blast. She was so great. She was really, she was really, I mean, I feel like she's like so excited somewhere about this book. Like she's, I think you she's made her really a star. excited. She's yeah. a star. Yeah, yeah, she's a star. I lost my mom a year ago and, uh, and it was sudden. And that was, you know, and that it's, 
I guess I also just would, I mean, I feel like the world right now is collectively grieving. And I yeah. also still had a really beautiful year. And that I, I really also wanted people to know that you can really have your worst fear happen and still, like, actually be okay and still be yourself and still have joy, even, like, that you can hold both of it. You can have joy and laughter and you can be sad at the same time. Like, that there's ways, I don't know, like, I, I would never have wished this for myself, but that, um, that like, your heart gets a little extra bigger. Like, you get some superpowers from it. There are some good things that come from from when you get knocked off your balance beam. Yeah. Uh, Dude, it's a journey. Oh, I'm it's such a no, journey. I'm, really, I'm trying you not can to cry. cry. Oh, please cry. You can cry. I cry I all the time. Are you it's kidding me? I cry, the, I cry daily. I cry daily. I'm not <laughs> scared too, of you. Me your me tears mean a lot to me. I, you know... I, the truth is we wouldn't probably know what joy tasted like if we didn't know what incredible sadness tasted like as well. And that like, you know, it's so rare that I think all, look, all of us are strong, brave, tough ladies. Mm -hmm. And to know that like, you're also allowed to have like a tender center that it's like, it's a good thing that like, I think it's a beautiful thing that I used to not be able to cry so much. And I felt like, yeah, me neither. (laughs) <laughs> I cry all the I time. I cry. I, I couldn't cry. Either. I can't stop crying. I cry all the time. I can't now. stop. I can't cry now either. I know. I found out I sold the book on the way to my mom's funeral. I got this email. And so that's sort of how the book ends. Like, and um, spoiler alert. <laughs> but like, um, you know, but like reading the, having to do the fucking audiobook, man. No. Dude, I sped, I was like speeding through like the part where I find her coat on the, and she was like, can you slow down? And I'm like, can you slow down? Like, <laughs> you can either get me to read it. So then I it was like, so I'd gotten through like this paragraph to speed. So then she told me to speed through. I'm like, and I found like it was just like, you know, I think it's okay you know, I, I, there were so many, I know they sound like cheesy, but like I heard people being like, you, you got to feel it to heal it. And by the way, some friends that you think are going to be great can be fucking yeah. dickheads during that. And it's like, and again, letting them off the hook, but like, okay, they're, they've been, my, my, I had a very wise friend say to me like, okay, if your life is like a theater and you get to do the seating chart, some days, some people are like front row orchestra and you'll put other people up in the balcony and maybe somebody's out in the lobby. Like, and like you get to do the seating chart every day. So some people that you think are going to be front row orchestra when life shit hits the fan, you're like, and they act like fucking crazy people. You can just, you know, you don't have to kick them out of the theater altogether, but maybe they go to like the restroom downstairs, you know, like there's just... Trust your gut on, like, who you want to be with, what you want to do, and you can make it through things. And I think that's true truly for life right now in 2020. Yeah. Like, 2020, you know, everybody's doing the best they can. So I always just try to do no harm to myself or others. And if I feel like I want right. to strike, at, lash out at somebody and be like, you know what, your fucking problem is like, maybe <laughs> I avoid them for a little. Maybe, maybe that's not who I should be hanging out with. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's, like, really great advice. I also, when I wrote my book— did hear this and I I don't know, somebody said, you know that writing your memoir is like doing 10 years of intensive therapy. I actually, it was when I 
finished, when it was really, really done, I burst into tears because my conversation with her was over. I was like, I felt like we were having like a daily date. And then it was like, when it was done, I was like, oh. It never has to be though. I know. You know. You you really should just keep going. I mean, your family would make an amazing show, obviously. I I was thinking there's never been like a female wonder years or like a female, like it's always like the gold, but it's always from the male point of view. Like, I think that would be, like, and if you did it kind of edgy, it would be interesting. Oh, that'd be yeah. amazing. For yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, oh, Arna. Yes. Thank you so much. Arden Marine. Yes, ma'am. That's Gosh, me. Party really machine. Delightful. You likewise. I'm so, I'm, yeah. I'm so, I'm so happy that you wrote a book, put it out there into the world. You guys get her book. Get my book. Come to, I don't know when this. It's out now. It's, it's out, out now. now. Out now. Out now. Go Was get that it. It's so weird. It's so exciting. I'm so excited. I can't don't, even handle it. Also, Run, don't, don't go, go get it. Um, like go online. Go online. And uh there's a way you can order from independent books yep. stores online. Yep. Bookshop.org um connects you with independent book sellers in your neighborhood. Okay, bye. 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 Uh hey guys. You know what we need to kick to the curb? Our problems. Our problems. <laughs> Shantira, Shantira, have you kicked your problems to the curb yet? I mean, I'm getting close. I'm pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> well, the best news is, Shantira, you're gonna, we're going to have to throw you a bra party in yes. the new year. Yes. A bra shower. A bra yeah. shower. Make it rain, baby. <laughs> we're going to make it rain with Warner's bras. Yes, please. I because really enjoy them. They're very comfortable. The ones that we have right now for the size I have, I'm looking forward to getting new ones for a even new a size. smaller, a smaller, yeah. a smaller size. And it's yeah. going to offer support and comfort in just a different way, in just a yeah. different size. Yeah. yeah. Um, we love Warner's guys. We love them. They've been supporting women for over 140 years, and I love the underarm smoothing. Thing. I'm wearing it right now with this t-shirt. I love it. Uh, and I love that Warner's is led, designed, and run by women. You know, that's a big deal for me. Nothing worse, I think, than a company that's making a product f- exclusively for people who identify as women. And th- and it's like a bunch of like old men. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like, like why I don't want, an, I don't want an old man to tell me what is going to be comfortable on my, what's going to solve your problems. What's going to solve my <laughs> problems. My problems are unique problems. Although maybe it turns out no problems are unique problems. It's true. They just need to be identified like cup spillage and underarm bulge. Anyway, I love the no side effects collection. Take your, Comfort to new heights with cloud nine. What? I got to go look through my drawer and see if I have cloud nines. I'm going to get on that cloud. Get on it. I like that. Well, Warner's styles you love made for comfort and support. We wear them. We love them. We love you. We want you to be comfortable and also have support. Shop Warner's now at walmart.com slash best of Warner's. Guys, I just love Arden Marine. And someday, actually today is the day. I just said her name right. Arden Marine. You did it. <laughs> uh, if you haven't gotten Arden's book yet, Little Miss, Little Compton, I highly recommend it. 
Um, along the same lines, I mean, her. You know, if you enjoyed my book, you're. I think you'll enjoy Arden's book. If you enjoyed my book, I know you probably already had read. Uh, my friend that's joining us now, guys. This is a very special day. It's Jenny Mullen Biggs. Are you? Do you, are you Jenny Biggs or are you Jenny Mullen? What are you? To my doorman, I'm Jenny Biggs. <laughs> to right. you, I will always be Jenny Mullen. You're Jenny Mullen to me. Forever. Art Mo- Art Mullen's daughter. Thank you. Um, and so Jenny's uh, first book came out in. 2014. 2014. Wow. I was just doing that off the top of my head. I didn't look anything up. <laughs> um, that's the way we roll here. But uh, I Like You Just the Way I Am is uh-huh. your first book. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's for those of you at home who may not know this, and maybe Shantira doesn't even know this, although I think she does. Um, and Casey definitely does because we've talked about it. Jenny and I went to elementary, middle, and high school together starting in fifth grade. Sixth grade. I came to Sixth Arizona. Sixth grade. Sixth grade. Jenny moved to Arizona, showed up at Cochise Elementary School. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then on to Cocopaw and then Chaparral. And we were like, we had a very, we were in the same grade. We both wanted to be actors. We both had big personalities, I would say. <laughs> Is that an, is that Jenny a, is just chuckling. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I, don't know I what love hearing is. her, impre- her like telling of it because you know, it's, it's so funny. Usually you don't get to hear the other person's sort of retelling of, you know, your childhood experience because how many people are you actually in touch with still from grade school? Right. So it's, mean, interesting. it's funny. I like it. But also, but it's not just that. Cause it's not people. It's like, we weren't close friends in, but we had like a significance to one another in our, we were closer to each other than like on, I mean, it's weird because we weren't even in the same friend circle, but we were somehow weirdly bonded and connected in a way that I can't really, it's hard to explain to people. It's unless I take you through the entire trajectory and since we only have 15 minutes, I can only tell you that we are just like cosmically connected. <laughs> we are cosmically com- connected. And yeah. which brings me to this. So guys, if you're a frequent listener of the podcast, and at this point, if you're not, we're, why are you jumping in now? That seems, <laughs> seems Go difficult start over. <laughs> seems difficult for you. You'll remember that a few weeks ago, Casey told a story that then she had to apologize the next week for because the person that was about this. This is, I'm not apologizing to you about anything, Jenny. Um, I didn't tell a story about you without your permission. Uh, cause the person was like, you didn't have permission to tell that story. And then another friend of Casey's texted her and was like, that's an urban legend that didn't happen to you. And then Casey looked it up and she was like, it is an urban legend, but also I think it happened to me. <laughs> and we had this whole discussion about like, you're like, are people have shared experiences and the same things that maybe happened to them growing up. So anyway, guys, the reason why Jenny is here, not because I, I mean, she could also just come back and anytime, promote whatever, she, yeah. anytime she wants. You could fill in for me too, Jenny, <laughs> if I'm not a veil, you could just be my proxy. <laughs> um, is because Jenny posted on Instagram something about her, about high school. It was like a joke kind of, but I was like, wait a minute. That's my story. What? <laughs> and we had never talked about it. And so mm-hmm. then 
we started texting and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Okay. So here's, here's what Jenny, here's what Jenny posted. She tweeted, obviously re the election Michigas that's currently happening as a joke. Jenny tweeted, I used to tell people that I lost my bid for sophomore class president to Ben Graff, but I've changed my mind. I won. The election was clearly rigged. And then you see, you see Ben Graff, AZ, who's like, he does, he went into politics, right? Well, he's, he's like the like, water board. Asked me, he's like, is he like in like, you know, what does he do now? Is he, is he some big job in politics? I was like, I think he's like in charge of like water. Water. He's the, <laughs> I but don't by the know. Way, in not Arizona, that's not a big thing. Yeah, I, well, I, I was going to help Ben Graff secure that position as well. I did campaign for him. I think I had you post for him too. You did. <laughs> you right? said, yeah, when he was helping Graff. Yes. Well, when I, he was, I wanted Ben Graff to be like a senator or some fucking <laughs> like, didn't you feel like that's what he was going to turn into? That's what he made well, us feel. Right. Which is why we both feel like the election was rigged and that we rightfully won <laughs> when we, we ran against did. him. <laughs> <laughs> now we're jaded. <laughs> you guys, when I read that, I was like, I know she's trying to make a joke and a and a connection to what's happening currently in, in current events. But also, I really think that Jenny thinks that she actually won sophomore year and that it was like kind of rigged. You know but what's weird, Busy? You told what? that story on the podcast. I that I really won? Yes. Yes. People Jenny- that listen closely to the podcast, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe... Busy basically said what Jenny tweeted on the podcast. <laughs> okay, because here's what I'm saying. Like, but oh, did you funny. when when you were when you lost sophomore year? I ran the year after you. I ran yeah. for junior class president against Ben Graff. Guys, no one could beat fucking Ben Graff. <laughs> oh, no, he had like a stronghold. <laughs> he had like, been. Oh, it was insane. He had been president. He was one of the, he was the kid that like ran for class president in fifth grade the first year that you're allowed to have like elections. And then from there on in every year he no, was he, president, which is why Jenny's like, he, he should have been a senator. Did he go to elementary school because I ran in sixth grade and was president. So then what the fuck? Oh, How did I lose my party? Like where did all of my, and you're convinced you won. Well, I'm not. I actually oh. was making a joke, but like, it is so funny that when you wrote me saying, no, Jenny, I actually think I won. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Did you really think he rigged it? I really thought at the time, I remember really feeling. Now, also, as we're discussing this, this is the plot of election, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, election hadn't come out th- yet then. No, I though. know. I'm just saying, talking about shared experiences. Right. This is what, okay. But this is the whole point is that, like, for all those people in the world that are like, that person stole my joke on Twitter, <laughs> or that person, or Casey, that story didn't happen. It's an urban legend. It's like all of these things can exist in the same space, guys. Like, election is the same plot of the movie, like, or is the same plot as what I thought happened to me when I was running junior year. Who knows if I actually want, we'll never know, Jenny. (laughs) P.S., guys, I'm sure in every high school in America, some history teacher is totally crumbling up legitimate student votes and throwing them in the garbage can. You guys read Glennon Doyle's book. She talked about how she like voted herself as prom queen and she got on the prom committee and she's like held that as like a secret her whole life. And her wife was like, maybe you shouldn't write that story, babe, but she just (laughs) released that. I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) Wait, and somebody... 
wrote on, there was like a Facebook post that went viral six months ago or so about someone who admitted that they rigged all of the senior superlatives in their <laughs> class. Oh high school. yeah. I remember that. Chichira, you remember that? I remember and, like, that. And people, people were mad. They were like, what wild. the fuck? Yes. Like, because I'm like, not the class clown. That what are you doing? Life. That like that shapes your life whether you get it or not. Like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Jenny, yeah, correct truly. me if I'm wrong. In like eighth grade or something, did you not get like sexiest smile? Like that was an actual superlative because the <laughs> 90s were so fucked I don't up. Know. That's funny. Sexiest smile. For you an got eighth like, grader? something. Jeez. With, I know. You got Something with the word like sexiest in it. And I remember being like, oh my God. That's hysterical. What? Oh my God. I was like, you and John Pilcher. What? I I don't know. I just made that up. But that, but do you have any of your yearbooks from Cocoa Paw? No. No. I mean, Jason hates this about me. I give everything away. I don't know if you just saw like my other post recently was my kids like aren't picking up around the house. And so I literally just sent all of their things to Africa and have video proof that it's there. It's wow. fucking genius. Les was like, that's my Paw Patrol watch. I was like, not anymore, babe. It's gone. <laughs> it lives in Gabon now. <laughs> Wait, Jenny. That's- I'm gangster. I'm hardcore. Like I don't like to keep shit. I mean, maybe it's just because I don't have a maternal mother. <laughs> I don't know how to like hold on to things. It stresses me out. And Jason's oh, a horror, wow. so you know that's good though. Like that. You guys compliment each other. I have. I think the beauty of like my like my parents don't have shit at their house, but my grandma. Yeah. It's like if you want to hoard, grandmas oh, are the best. All okay. of my yearbooks are at my granny's house. And if I go home, but I do want to go whenever I can fly. I'm not going to Florida anytime soon. I do want to go get my yearbooks. Cause do you guys ever like think of a person and then be like, where are they? Yes. Like yeah. I, yeah, but up. don't you just like look them up online and find well, them? Cause sometimes, well, first of all, every bitch I went to high school has a new last name. Uh, but then all the guys, like a lot of boys in my high school, like they went by nicknames and then like, I'll never forget this kid that I went to school with from like the time I was in third grade went by Marty. And then we got to high school and he was like, I'm Martin now. And I was like, (laughs) but what? (laughs) But I looked him up. I like really just had like a wave of being like, what is Marty doing? And he's an architect in New York right now. I was so proud of him. I'm like, like, Marty him? social media which is like very marty i just like googled him i was like i wonder what he was smart and fun and just like a nice boy and then i looked him up and he's in new york he has no social media so i don't know if he's still there but i was like i'm very proud of you martin Aww. so i you love what I, I love when so a former cute. classmate pleasantly surprises you because you often yeah. so get unpleasantly surprised by who someone turned into but I have like a real handful of people that I wasn't really close friends with in high school that are just like seem like stellar people stellar Americans and I'm very proud of them that's nice did that happen in our high school Jenny or not so much (laughs) well Michelle um you know Michelle well Michelle Lane she's married to Ethan Lane right what she was, was Michelle, Michelle Phillips. Michelle Phillips. Yeah. Oh, it was Phillips. Okay. Right. So Michelle, I was like, what was her last name? Michelle Phillips. I talk to her sometimes. They live in DC and she's super cool. She's like <laughs> fully, I love her. 
She's <laughs> that's nice. Like you would be into her. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, a big surprise for me was when I read your book in 2014. And Wait, maybe you're talking about the second book. No. The when second I'm book is the one that has the like weird story that's kind of about me in it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No, Jenny, because, because I had like, as you said, like, you know, j- or earlier in this thing, um, whatever this is, I'm so tired. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, you build your own stories about people, right? And so oh, yes. I yeah. just had, I had a whole version of what your life was in high oh, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, and then reading your book, I was really sort of floored by what your actual experience was. And because yes. we had never really, we weren't close like that. So I didn't, I like just actually didn't fucking know, you know? Yes. And then, no, my mom, you were nervous because you thought my mom was going to get upset about the story in the second book because you like call her a stage mom and, right? Yes. But she loved it. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> All narcissists love to be talked about. <laughs> Classic Barb Phillips. She's going to love this. Because She's like, going to call me. I'm going to be so, I'm sure I'm just going to like freak out when I see the book. And then my dad's like, I love every minute of it. I'm like, I've said so much weird shit about you, but okay. They, it turns out that like your parents just like love that you're talking about them. <laughs> yeah, so truly. My mom loved that you were talking about her. She did not have the same feeling about my own book. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, my family did not, we did not have a, it wasn't great about well, my own book. I feel but. like all parents are like that. Like if somebody comes over to your house and their parents are like, you can have whatever snacks you want. And you're like, excuse me? We can do whatever we want when this person who doesn't live here is here. When I'm by myself, there are rules. Like certain what is friends. this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Certain, certain friends. And then there were like the friends that would come over and your parents would be like, the kitchen's closed. Yes. Like, why do they hate that friend? Like, it's so embarrassing. It's hilarious. That your know. mom is like stone cold rude to one of your friends. I get uh, it now, though. Well, yeah. Sid's getting a little bit older. How old is Sid now? He's six and a half. But I get it. Even on Zoom, I'm like, I fucking hate Dahlia <laughs> or whoever. It's, like, it's so hard for me to keep it in. And when she raises her hand to ask a question again, I'm like, oh, God. And so Sid knows that there's people that I hate in the classroom. My sons had a, had a series of friends named Sebastian, and they were all psychopaths. <laughs> like, do you guys find... I find that whenever I'm in a classroom setting, whether it it could be driver's ed, it could be my kid's class, it could be like a parent meeting, I revert back to yes. whatever person I was in high school, I've instantly become. And I'm just like, I fucking hate her. You know what I mean? I'm like <laughs> back talking shit. Like, I don't know. I oh. don't know how to be professional. I feel like there's no one, there's nothing more powerful than a group of like 13 year old girls. I don't care if I just, I just got uh, like a six pack from being in a Marvel movie and somebody gave me $5 million. If I walk by a fucking Claire's and there's six 13 year old girls, I'm going to lose my shit. Like truly just be like, keep it together. Hopefully they don't make fun of you. Just get to your car. (laughs) Just get to your car. I mean, it's, my whole life now, guys. Yeah. It's like so oh, yeah. really intense. Um, all right. Well, Jenny, I'll let you go back to your beautiful life, your beautiful <laughs> family. But thanks for stopping by. I wanted you to stop by. I just think right. it's I just think it's interesting that I don't know, that you have like shared experiences with people and then 
I mean, I don't know. Maybe we should ask the question to the audience, like how many people thought their high school re- uh, high school uh, elections were rigged. <laughs> I don't know why I thought I really won junior class president. It was like sort of like the height of my popularity in school, I think. And I just felt like, I just really felt like I, I felt like my, you know, I'm really good at giving speeches. Jenny and I both gave <laughs> speeches at graduation. That's true. Um, but, but like, I just think I gave a really good speech and I felt like I just, I felt like I had won. You're like the Donald then, Trump of Chaparral High School. I was the Donald Trump. Of <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's like, just like, I think that it, it's truly the patriarchy. I'll never forget my fifth grade uh, um, election or whatever. And I ran for president. And I'll never forget this cool little boy named Brandon walked up to the podium and just went, what's up? And I was like, I've lost. I lost. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's over. He just it's went, what's over. up, y'all? And I was like, he's the president. <sighs> Nothing's cooler than saying what's up in I'm a sure speech. tonight, your, your homework after this is to look him up and find Brandon now. Yes. Oh my gosh. He's in New York too. Then we need to like have like a full blown meetup. Here's the thing. <laughs> I would love for you to hang out with Marty. I don't want you to hang out with Brandon. <laughs> Boo. Marty, Brandon. Boo, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what Brandon's um, up to. <laughs> well, Jenny, I love you. It's been good you. catching up. If you have any um, remembrances and you care to come back, let me know. If there's things that I need to discuss, I will be back. I will be back with my yearbook and many thoughts. I want to. I want to um, come back when I have something to actually promote. Yes, I know. Well, that's why I just, I just wanted you to come on and promote your tweet. <laughs> I want my tweet to gain more traction, please, guys. We gotta get it. We gotta get it trending. I love it. I All love right. it. All right. I'll All see right. you soon. Thanks, okay, Jenny. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. I just felt like that just illustrated the point that like everybody calm down about Casey's <laughs> and by everybody, I mean, Ben, <laughs> not Ben Graff, our other friend, Ben. No, uh, because I think it's, I think people have the same thoughts, feelings and whatever, right. Yeah. In the world. I We're not so. that. Every, you know there's I, nothing new under the sun and everybody you know I, assumes their idea is the newest and the most original, but like, we're all just kind of living the same lives in different places. Yeah. You know what I said last night to my therapist? Ugh, bums me out when I'm so unoriginal, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And she was like, yeah, I get it. But you're just not that special. Sometimes. <laughs> I was like, I know I hate it, but you know what guys, you are that special. We love you so much. We really hope that you're one of the people that gets some of these final tickets to our magic show. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, go right now. They're going to sell out. They're going to sell. They're about to sell out. The link is in our collective profiles. Yeah. It's in my bio, baby. It's in my bio as well. Um, and, uh, I think the magic show is going to be a super fun. Thank you, Jenny Mullen for stopping by. Thank Thank you. you Arden Marine. Arden Marine for a wonderful interview. Thank you to you guys. And, um, keep doing your best this week, guys. We love you so much. We love you. We love you. Bye.
Oh no. 